Hey sis, listen, this is a trigger warning. As Suicide Prevention Week is September 4th through September 10th, and as a mental health professional, I will be highlighting the topic of suicide prevention throughout this month with three episodes. So if you are struggling with suicide or you know that you cannot handle conversations about it, you may not want to listen to this episode. And if you find yourself needing someone to talk to, please call the number 988, which is the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Again, 988 if you're in need of help. Again, this is a trigger warning. If you cannot handle the topic of suicide, please do not listen to this episode. Today on Goodbye Heartbreak, Hello Purpose. Treating yourself like your own best friend or your own child. If you're a parent, if your child came to you and told you that they were feeling that way, what kind of advice would you give to them? Because I guarantee God is not looking down on you. Like, I can't believe you're thinking like that. Like, look at all this good stuff you have. He's not doing that. Like he sees your struggle and he's going to validate how you're feeling. And he's going to want to help you and support you in some way. Hey sis, welcome to the Goodbye Heartbreak Hello Purpose podcast. The place where you learn how to move forward from heartbreak and achieve wholeness through emotional healing, spiritual growth, uncovering identity and behavior patterns, and saying yes to the calling God placed on your life. I'm your host, Candice Batties, and I know what it's like to be heartbroken and confused about who you are and what God created you to do, but I also know what it's like to be healed and hold with clarity. If you're ready to have your broken heart mended, grow your faith, and discover who you are, why you do what you do, and what you were created to do, look no further. You're definitely in the right place. So kick off those cute shoes that's been hurting your feet all day and turn me up in those earbuds. We're about to get into it. Hey sis, at the very beginning of this episode, before anything started, you heard me mention that this is a triggering topic, okay? I gave you a trigger warning that we are talking about a very sensitive subject today, which is suicide as it is suicide prevention week. And I want to make sure that if you cannot handle the topic or the subject of suicide, please do not listen to this episode before we go any further. So like I said, I am a mental health professional. I am a school psychologist. And so it was important for me, even though it's not in line with what we normally talk about on this podcast, it was important for me to highlight the topic of suicide prevention But I also think it's important because as we walk through these dark seasons of our lives and as you women out there are dealing with the heartbreak, it can get really dark for some more than others. And so I want you to know that you're not alone, that um, I don't want you condemning yourself for the thoughts that you may have. But I also want you to know the warning signs, whether it's you or someone that you know, I want you to know the warning signs. I want you to know how you can prevent this from happening, and I want you to know how to seek help, okay? And that's what we're going to dig into today with our special guest, Cheska. So let me just tell you a little bit about her. Cheska is a mental health advocate, and she's the host of the podcast, Do I Have ADHD?, She's on a mission to guide and encourage squirrely brains from feeling unequipped and overwhelmed to capable through self-compassion, perspective shifts, and God's grace. Cheska has spent almost a decade working in special education and navigating her own ADHD. She's a mom, wife, 
speaker, and coach who loves sharing unique approaches to daily struggles for people of all ages with neurodivergent brains. So even though that's what she's focusing on right now, again, she works as a as a mental health advocate. And so she does trainings on suicide prevention. And that is what she's going to talk about with us on today. And so without further ado, let's get into it. Hey, Cheska, how are you, girl? Hey, I'm doing so good. I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for coming on. We have some good things to dig into today because we want to set some ladies free and also give them some vital information that's really going to help them either for themselves or maybe someone that they know. I know I gave a trigger warning before this, but I just want to remind them that we are talking about a sensitive subject of suicide on today. So if that is something that is too triggering for you, you may not want to listen to this episode. Um, so go ahead, Cheska, tell everyone who you are and what you do. All right. Well, um, I'm still working on condensing this little blurb, so I apologize, but like you already said, my name is Cheska. I did teach in special education for like six years and, um, I currently work in community mental health, which is where I have a lot of my suicide training from. So we do a lot of suicide prevention training. I actually have one coming up on Tuesday. So I do just want to give a disclaimer. I am not the complete expert in this by any means. I do know a lot in the area, but I'm constantly learning. Um, and I just think that the more information that we have, the more people we can help. But anyway, um, I host the podcast, do I have ADHD? And it really just helps overwhelmed squirrely moms, who either have ADHD themselves, suspect that they do, or have children with ADHD, find ways to take all of the chaos and the scattered brain stuff and like simplify it in a way that really works for them. So I use a lot of self-compassion and perspective shifts and talking about giving ourselves grace um, and just sharing all the different tips and tricks and things that I've learned throughout the years of working with kids with ADHD and other neurodivergent brains, um, as well as navigating my own ADHD. So I, I mixed in a little bit of what I'm going to do today with what I do. But uh, like I said, I host do I have ADHD. So I'm sorry. It's going to be a little like that today. <laughs> awesome. I totally understand because I have that same kind of brain. So it's a struggle to stay on track. Um, so first, the, the first thing I kind of want to talk about and dig into today as it regards to suicide is this stigma for Christians as a whole um, that, you know, People will sometimes condemn themselves because they don't think they should be having these thoughts or they shouldn't be having suicidal ideation. They shouldn't be struggling with their mental health. So I want to start there. What do you say to the person who's feeling shame and guilt around having these thoughts because they are a Christian? So I feel like this is kind of a lot to unpack. I do want to start first by saying that one of the perfect protective factors. One of the things that actually help people not end up dying by suicide is having some sort of religious spiritual belief, especially if you're within an organization that actually supports you getting your help. And I know a lot more churches um, and like Christian radio stations and stuff have a lot of resources for mental health and that they're also kind of working on breaking the stigma. But I believe that God doesn't want us to just sit and suffer when he's nudging us to get help. So like if you're praying to God about a new job, 
and you really want a new job and you want to do something else. And he keeps nudging you like, okay, well, that's, that's fine. Like you can pivot, like let's fill out some applications. Let's do this. And you feel God talking to you to change your job. You're not just going to sit and keep praying about it and be like, all right, God, when are you going on the interview for me? Right. Like you have a piece of action that you have to take in that scenario too. So I believe that we're co-creators and whatever God's plan is for us. And I don't think God's plan is for us to be so miserable that we see no other way out or think that we're such a burden that we can't get help. So that's the first thing I want to say to that. Um, The second is that I guarantee anyone in your life that you reach out and you tell them that you're struggling with this is not going to speak to you in the mean way that you probably are speaking to yourself about it. They are going to want to help you. They're going to want to love on you. They're going to want to speak truth over you. And so I think that those are probably the first two pieces of my advice I would give to that person. And then treating yourself like your own best friend or your own child. If you're a parent, if your child came to you and told you that they were feeling that way, what kind of advice would you give to them? Because I guarantee God is not looking down on you. Like, I can't believe you're thinking like that. Like, look at all this good stuff you have. He's not doing that. Like he sees your struggle and he's going to validate how you're feeling and he's going to want to help you and support you in some way. But we also have to take action for that as well. All right. I love that. Um, You know, uh, talking about being co-creators of, you know, like our futures and taking that action. I love the analogy that you gave about, you know, if you're going to have a job, then you actually do have to go and fill out an application. Like, you know, you have to go on the interview. And so it is kind of like the same thing. Like, you know, God is not going to make you um, sit on your hands and just pray, pray, pray without adding some action. So you hear the scripture sometimes that faith without works is dead. So if you have faith that God's going to help you and deliver you from this, then, you know, what Jessica is saying is that put some action behind your faith and start seeking out the help. So that is, um, that was the first thing I really wanted to get into because I know that it's sometimes a burden on people that, you know, I'm a Christian, I shouldn't be thinking like this. And there are people who might say that you might hear that somewhere, but it, you know, it's a lie from the enemy to keep you stuck in that place and keep you stuck in your head. So the next thing I kind of want us to um, dig into is like some, uh, so I know they're, they're, they're big warning signs, but there's also some underlying subtle kind of warning signs. Can we kind of talk about that? For sure. So, um, There are, there are lots of possible warning signs. One of the main things to think about is just like, are you seeing a big change in behavior with someone that you know and love? Like, are they just not seeming like themselves? So there can be lots of things that people say that are warning signs. um, And some of them that are like, not as obvious are like just saying that they feel like a burden to everyone else or that, you know, they're just feeling kind of hopeless or trapped or um, that they're in unbearable pain. Also being super tired, sleeping way too much or way too little, isolating themselves, withdrawing from their friends. Those are some of the things that we see that are like a little less obvious, right? You might just be like, oh, you know, they're going through a hard time. But if that's not their typical behavior, that's still an invitation to ask them how they're doing. Um, And then bigger ones would obviously be things like talking about killing themselves or saying that they have no reason to live, um, increased substance use, looking for ways to actually end their life or come up with some sort of plan 
or starting to like give away important things um, to people, all of those are kind of some of the bigger warning signs that we see. Gotcha. So this, this is really like if you know someone who uh, who may be um, displaying these things, then you definitely kind of want to be their support system and be there for them, but also start directing them and encouraging to get professional help. Um, you know, j- just start asking the questions, but make sure, you know, that we're doing it in love mm-hmm. and, uh, and and having compassion for those people during this time. And maybe you don't, maybe it's you and you don't, you haven't really recognized or haven't wanted to say the words, but you see some of these things going on with you. You may want to start examining your own thoughts so that you can start seeking out help for your for yourself because I think sometimes people try to say no that's not me that's not me um, and but sometimes it is so mm-hmm. you want to do you want to speak to that at all yeah for sure so actually the um national crisis line for like suicide and getting help just changed their phone number to make it more accessible and you can call 988 um and since they changed that I want to say only two percent of phone calls have actually gone to 911 after that because it was like they couldn't talk to someone and come back down or anything and they actually needed someone to intervene um that number might that percentage might be wrong but that line has only been available for a week and they're already seeing a lot of success with it so i was going to share that again at the end the number is 988 they also have a number that you can text um let me look it up for you real quick because i know that Sometimes when we're struggling, we don't want to call someone. We don't want to reach out. And a lot of us prefer texting instead. Mm, Okay, I'll find it for us later. Or we'll put it in the show notes because I'll be sitting here Googling forever. But I know there's a quick number that you can just text to talk to. Um, The other thing that I wanted to say to that left my brain. So (laughs) sorry. (laughs) If it comes back, just go ahead and we'll, we'll plug it in. We'll plug it in. Yeah. So, okay. So what are some, uh, what do you think are some risk factors that you can point out? Yeah, that's definitely something I want to talk about next because, um, first of all, one risk factor that a lot of people don't know is that white males are actually the most at risk to, um, attempt to die by suicide. Oh, that's something else we didn't talk about at the very beginning was that language that's kind of changing around um, suicide. And so in the past, you probably have heard people like, oh, well, they committed suicide. And we don't use that word anymore because it sounds like a crime or like they're, they've done something bad. Um, and so we use die by suicide. An attempted suicide is still kind of around, but it's on its way out um, because sounds like, well, if you, if you attempted and you didn't complete it, then you like, you know, there's usually another attempt at something. Um, a huge risk factor is also if someone has already had a suicidal experience where they have gone through the process of like planning and have been interrupted in some way or got help, those people are much more likely to die by suicide in the future. So those are two huge ones to be aware of. 
Um, and then the obvious things of like mental health conditions. I feel like that's where a lot of our brains go first is like, like, Oh, someone with depression, um, or like major anxiety, schizophrenia, substance use disorders, bipolar, serious, um, health conditions, especially ones including pain, people in chronic pain are very likely to end up just feeling like they're a burden, like there's no point. Um, and they're very at risk for suicide. There are also environmental factors that are a huge piece because if we have access to lethal means, that means that if someone's going to go through with trying to harm themselves, that they're more likely to be, and it's more likely to be completed. Mm-hmm, right. um, and so if someone has firearms in their home or they have certain prescription pills that can be really dangerous if they have too many. Those are things that we try to reduce access to. If we know someone is in, um, in a time where they're really struggling with suicidal ideation. And so in the mental health field, something that we would talk to them about is trying to get them to recognize that maybe those things can go be somewhere else for a while. You know, if someone has firearms, how can we make them as safe as possible? Can they be stored in someone else's house for a while? Can um, just all of the ammo be stored in someone's else, someone else's house for a while? If they have access to medications that they need to have, but can be dangerous if they have too many, um, can you have someone who keeps them and just gives you what you need every few days? Um, those are we, we talk a lot about reducing access to lethal means because if someone is going to try to die by suicide and they have something that's incredibly dangerous like that, it's more likely that it's going to be completed. Um, whereas there are some other methods of self-harm that it, if someone were to come in and interrupt, it, it wouldn't be too late. So that's something else. Um, another like environmental factor that's a risk factor is like prolonged stress. So this could be like very serious financial stress. It could be abusive relationships, um, bullying, harassment. We know that those kinds of things give people really intense, prolonged stress, and those can make people feel really hopeless. Um, And then exposure to another person's suicide or graphics or sensationalized accounts of suicide can also be another risk factor. I don't know all of the details behind why, but that's one of them that's talked about. Um, And then we also have historical factors. Like I already said, if they've already had an attempt previously, um, or if they have childhood abuse or if someone in their family has died by suicide, all of those increase the risk that they may also have that in their future. Gotcha. All right. Whew. Heavy. Now it's a lot heavy. It's heavy. It's it's really it's heavy. It is. Um, but I think it's so important that we talk about this. You know, it's not like we want you to just go around and be like, oh my God, you abused as a child. You, you know, just taking right. these risk factors to go really like, pinpointing people, so to speak. But if you just start to notice that something is off, like you start noticing these, the warning signs that were mentioned earlier, and then you start noticing some of the, the these things with the risk factors, we're just trying to um, just give some awareness of what we could do to help a loved one 
who's struggling in this area. And um, so, um, what are, sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Go. I was going to add, like, oftentimes people, because it is such a heavy topic and there is such a stigma, people are scared to straight up ask the question and research has shown us over and over again that you're not going to give someone the idea. And if they already were thinking about it, they're going to feel so relieved that someone is stepping in because then it gives you an opportunity to provide help. Yes. So, um, for example, someone really close to me has been dealing with chronic pain for a really long time. And on one of their more difficult days, they were very upset. They have a lot of possible warning signs and, um, they're a white male. So like all of these things. And I've straight up asked them more than once, like, have you had any thoughts of hurting yourself in any way? And he'll say no. And I believe him in that situation, but like just being able to straight up ask and be like, I recognize how much you're struggling right now. Like, are you thinking about hurting yourself in any way? Um, and the more that you're able to be a person, that holds that space for people, the more that those people are going to feel comfortable coming to you if that ever is an issue. Yeah, I agree with that. I definitely read that um, in in my, you know, with my profession, everything like that, like just asking the question, being kind of, you know, not being insensitive, but being blunt and asking the question, you know, can actually make Um, a bigger difference than, you know, in a more positive way versus negative, as we have probably been told and taught in the past. Right, right. And we can also like, you don't have to just go straight into like, have you been thinking about killing yourself? You know, like there are steps we use the Columbia um, screener where I work. And so, um, and it, it kind of depends on age too, with how you want to word things, but you can even start just by like, have you thought about hurting yourself or anyone else in any way? And if they answer yes to that, then you can go a little bit deeper. Have you thought about doing something to make yourself no longer be alive? Have you wished that you could go to sleep and not wake up? Like those are ways to kind of like see if there is a risk factor there, if they have some of those warning signs. And then if they do answer yes to that, then the next step is asking like, do you have any plans? Have you thought about how you would make yourself no longer be alive? And those kind of give you like a tiered step to go through it. So if you're feeling concerned about somebody, you can start with a question that's not so direct and then work your way through. The good news is, though, there are also lots of protective factors. So whenever we're ready to get there, you know, there is some hope here. It's not, I mean, it it is heavy, but. Would you say like protective and preventative are kind of the same thing, uh, factors? Um, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we can go through that next. Let's let's dig into that next. Yeah, sure. So um, access to mental health care and being proactive about your mental health is one of the main um, ways to prevent this being in someone's future. So if someone is having mental health issues and they don't have any access to mental health care, whether it's because they feel ashamed or scared or because they live in an area that really just doesn't have a lot of resources, um, that's going to make it a lot harder. So having access to mental health care is really important. Feeling connected to family and community support. So whether it is chosen family that's around you that you're close with, whether it's church family, whether it's just really close friends that you're doing life with, all of those relationships are really, really important and impactful. Um, Also having problem solving and coping skills. So something that we do a lot and um, 
we do in a lot of different professions. We do as school counselors, as teachers, as mental health advocates, as parents is teach coping skills. Like how do we deal with these difficult feelings? Because everybody is going to have difficulties on this side of heaven, right? Like nobody is coming out being like, this is all rainbow and sunshine and everything is great. Um, so having coping skills and problem solving skills are another protective factor. Um, I already touched on this, which was limited access to lethal means. So a lot of people who do actually die by suicide go from having the thought to making the plan and completing the plan within a very short period of time. I think one of the, um, one of the major, uh, numbers we looked at in one of my last trainings was like within 10 minutes, like it's a very short period. So if you don't have access to those incredibly lethal means, that's mm-hmm. obviously be a very important protective factor. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the last one that we talk a lot about is cultural and religious beliefs. So having that interconnectedness to there being something bigger than you, having a church support group in some way, um, or just having those people that you can trust and rely on the people around you want to help you. And sometimes people just don't know that other people need help. Some of us, especially moms and wives and high achievers, we're really good at making it look like we have it all together. And it can be hard for people to recognize the struggle that's really going on. Mm, I I definitely believe that. And, you know, (laughs) so many times, you know, you hear like, man, I can't believe that person did that. I thought they, you know, had it all together. I thought they were happy. You never would have known, you know, and so that's just like, um, you know, for us to really just pay attention, really, you know, it, it really is. Um, the people who are close to you, we're not saying like, you know, going seek people out, but the people who are close to you, just again, those subtle things, if you start noticing some subtle differences, just letting people know that, hey, you know, checking in on them and hey, are you okay? Are you sure? Especially if you have what they call the strong friends, you know, it, maybe you're the strong friend or maybe you you are friends with the strong friend. Check on them from time to time. Let them know that, you know, hey, you don't have to carry all this by yourself. I'm here. Um But if you are someone who's struggling, you know, definitely lean into your inner circle and your church family and people who are just really close to you. Like she said, like um, Cheska said, that they really would help you if they knew what was because I know the enemy, that's some lies of the enemy and and trying to connect this with your faith because your faith is very involved in this. Um, But again, there's practical things that you have to do. So um, mixing your faith with the practical things of life is going to be so key and vital uh, in this if you're someone who is struggling. So the enemy will lie to you and tell you, you know, no one will understand. Um, They're going to belittle you. They're going to condemn you, you know, all of these things, but don't believe that. So step out of your comfort zone and go ahead and just find one person to tell, you know, one person. And so from, what do you get? Where do we go from there? So we, we know all the factors. We, we know the warning signs, the risk factors, the preventative factors. And so um, I guess, how do we get help? How do we get help from there? So there are several avenues to go about this. Um, one of the first things, if you don't feel comfortable talking to anyone in your actual personal life and you are involved in a church, go to your pastor 
a lot of them do counseling or they will be able to refer you to someone who can help with that. Um, And sometimes it's easier for us to admit how we're feeling to someone who's a little bit more on the outside, but that we still trust. So that could be one first step. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like the first step is kind of just going to depend on personalities and what you have access to Mm -hmm. and kind of where you're at with it. If you maybe don't actually have any plan of harming yourself, but some days you are like, yeah, I wish I could just sleep and not wake up. Then maybe therapy is a good first step for you. Maybe it's having someone that you have that um, once a week check in with them where you're talking to them and you're working through whatever it is that's making you feel this way. Because typically if we're getting to the point of everything feeling this heavy, there's probably a lot going on and a lot to unpack, right? It's probably not from nothing. So there are things that we can do to help ourselves. I think another um, first step is going to your spouse. For some people, this can feel too scary and too vulnerable, depending on what your marriage looks like um, or relationship. But if that's someone that you can fully trust in, go to them. And you can even start the conversation with, I really don't even know how to say this. I'm so embarrassed. I feel so ashamed or guilty or whatever it is that you're going through. And then open up because if you preface it with, this is really hard for me, but I have to tell somebody you're going to shift their mindset from the very beginning with that conversation. And then, um, like I mentioned earlier, you can call the 988 number if you're in true crisis. Also a lot of, um, churches and I know like joy FM, their radio station, they have like get help tabs on their websites that can connect you with local counselors. And then there are also support groups for whatever underlying thing is making you feel as terrible as you're feeling right now. Um, so those are several things. Something else came to my mind and then it left again. So I'm hoping it will show up soon, but I feel like those are probably our first steps and just getting comfortable with asking people like, how are you really? And if you are concerned, getting comfortable with asking that question of like, do you ha- have you had any thoughts of doing something to make yourself no longer be alive? And that question can be really hard. I remember the very first time I went through this training, it was like six years ago. And I literally had to look at the, the, he was a speech language pathologist right next to me. And they made us say, have you been thinking about killing yourself? And I had to say those actual words and it, um, not funny, but kind of humorous now in a dark way. Looking back, it was only a couple of years after my um, grandpa had died by suicide. And then I had to look at someone and I was really triggered during that training. Um, but I've come a long way and I've learned a lot in that. And Oh, what I wanted to say that left my brain earlier. If you're not in a true crisis, there's a good chance that you can kind of zoom out with the perspective that you're taking and kind of take a helicopter view. Can you view yourself from God's point of view? Like, would God be sitting there saying these terrible things to you? Would he tell you to not get help? Would he want you to just keep sitting and suffering? Um, Or try to look at yourself like your own parent or your spouse or your best friend and think about the advice that you would give them and then follow that advice. Sometimes it's actually easier for us to tell other people what to do. So sometimes we just got to take that different perspective and then be like, okay, yeah, this isn't okay. Right. I, I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, it's a, it, 
<clears throat> that's whole point of, you know, taking the the different perspective of um, what we might tell someone else, I think is a big, big thing. I think it helps a lot because it's like, we tend to tell people, no, you shouldn't, you know, you, you, you don't have to sit there. You don't have to take that. Or, you know, you shouldn't suffer alone and you should get help and stuff. But then when it comes to ourselves, we are so hard on ourselves. And it was something that I said earlier, like give yourself grace in yes. this season be gentle with yourself. Like this is definitely not the time to come down on yourself. If you're having these types of thoughts that so you're like condemning yourself will do no good. And again, like Cheska just said, God's not condemning you for having those thoughts. He understands like when Jesus came down, he came down for the experience to see like what it is, what is it like to be human so that he can take every human emotion and thing that we go through and bring it to the cross. And he he did when he went to the cross, he bought it there, he nailed it there and it it stayed there. So even your suicidal ideation is nailed to the cross. So know that whenever you're having these thoughts that not just having thoughts of suicidal ideation, but you're having thoughts that it's not right. And it's, you know, I shouldn't be and it's sinful. Like, no, it's nailed to the cross. Like those feelings and emotions are not what God wants you to feel at this time. He knows, he knows, and Jesus is pleading on your behalf and interceding for you to the father about this. So know that, you know, and, and get rid of those, because those thoughts are just like layering on, so to speak. So what's the one thing because we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Um, mm -hmm. This has been a great conversation, but what's just one thing that you can leave with um, my sisters here on today about this topic? Like we've talked about a lot of things, but just one thing that you can leave with them at, for encouragement. Um, well, like a really tactical thing first is that if anyone listening does not feel comfortable reaching out to any of the other options I've given, but because you and I have already opened this door that I am more than happy to answer any DMs on Instagram about this. I don't know where you like your people to get in contact with you, but I assume you would probably be comfortable with them messaging you also. Of course. Yeah. Um, and so that would be the first thing that I want to say. And then I just want to leave people with God put you here for a reason at this time in history with the people that you have surrounding you with whatever strengths, plans, things that are on your heart from him. And I guarantee that having you in your life early because you think that you're a burden or that you shouldn't get help or because God just wants you to figure it out on your own by just prayer and prayer is powerful. It is. And I absolutely believe in spontaneous healing. Like I am not saying that it's impossible for you to go and be prayed over and be healed from whatever you're struggling with. I do believe that, but I don't think that that's what happens for most people. Mm -hmm. And so I need you to know that God needs you here. He needs you here to impact the people around you, to grow his kingdom, to bless others and show them his love and his grace. And you can't do that if you take your own life. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's powerful. That's a powerful ending. And I won't add anything to that because I kind of want them to resonate with that. So thank you, Cheska. Tell everybody where they can find you. Thank you. I am mostly on Instagram. My handle is at created by Cheska. My name is spelled C-H-E-S-K-A. Um, I'm mostly 
there. My TikTok has the same handle, but not very active. So, <laughs> and then you can also find me on my podcast at Do I Have ADHD? Awesome. All right, guys, I'll put all of that information into the show notes. If you want to connect with Cheska, you can do it at all her handles and you can uh, click the links in the notes. All right, girl, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for all your wisdom and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Bye. Hey, sis. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Cheska. She gave us some amazing information, you guys. I mean, all the information about the prevention methods, all of the warning signs, the subtle warning signs, the not so subtle warning signs. I mean, this is really going to help somebody. I really believe that if you know someone or you are struggling yourself, that the information from today's episode is really going to bless you. If you're someone who's dealing with suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts, and feeling condemnation because of it, I hope this episode encouraged you not to condemn yourself, okay? God is with you. He loves you, and he wants to help you through this season. And if it's a lifelong struggle, you guys, God is still there walking with you. And also, I love that Cheska really pointed out that, you know, if you reach out to your family and you tell them what you're dealing with, that it's very, very likely that they will not have the negative thoughts or reactions that you might think they have, they would have, but that they will be supportive and want to help you as well. That's I really would like you guys to build a support system if you're someone who struggles with this. But if you know someone, be their support, you guys, and point them in the right direction. Again, if anyone is struggling or you know someone who's struggling, give them the number 988 to dial as the suicide and crisis lifeline, okay? That way you can get help right away if you need someone to talk to. All right? So that's it for today's episode. I hope you, like I said, you found some value in it. If you didn't take notes and you need to go back, run it back one time, take notes and, you know, make sure you just really pay attention, pay attention to those who are around you guys. All right. Come over to the Facebook group. Tell me what you thought about the episode. If you have more questions, if you need a little follow up, I can try to get that for you. Just let me know what you need. All right. And don't forget, Saturday, I think it's uh, September 10th is Saturday, is a worldwide suicide prevention, world suicide prevention day. What I was told is that you light a candle at 8 p.m. If you lost someone, if you just would like to honor or reverence um, or just spread awareness for suicide uh, prevention go ahead light the candle at 8 p.m and if you want to also show some solidarity with people who are struggling with this um, and there's a movement you know go ahead wear yellow yellow's the color uh, to wear to show that you are on board with suicide prevention all right guys so there will be more episodes coming this month on suicide awareness and suicide prevention and so just stay tuned because there's so much more coming and i will talk to y'all next week all right love y'all bye hey sis listen if you've been blessed changed or inspired by this podcast in any way please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on apple Podcasts. this is the number one way that you can thank me and show support for the show also If this podcast blessed you, 
don't keep it to yourself. Do a quick share and bless someone else. Please know I am so grateful for each and every one of you and I would love to hear from you. Come connect with me and other like-minded individuals in my Facebook group called Christian Women Overcoming Heartbreak and Finding Purpose. I can't wait to meet you back here really soon. Until then, remember to love the life you have while you're making it better. Love you, sis.